0: Good morning, everybody. My name's Roger. I'm one of the leaders of the church here. Well, what an inspirational reading this morning. (laughs) Well, hopefully over the coming uh, few minutes, uh, we'll have a look at this passage, but uh, a little bit further on in history to see what on earth that was about. At the end of the day, regardless of how uh, surreal or bizarre or complex those names were, Tori did brilliantly with all those names, actually. That's why I didn't want to do the reading. It's probably why Glyn handed it over to his wife uh, in love, uh, I dare say. But uh, this is God's Word. And God's Word is relevant for all people all time, all generations. So we've got to trust that beyond what we might not at first glance understand, there's something for us here this morning. If you've got a Bible with you, then we're going to flick through to uh, the, book, the book of Joshua. And right at the beginning of Joshua, we get God saying these words to uh, Moses. Um, t- uh, sorry, to uh, to, jo- uh, to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you, Joshua, and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you you set your foot as I promised Moses. That's the purpose of the book in terms of where we are going. It's also then repeated right away at the end of the book as well. We read these verses in chapter 21. So the Lord gave Israel all the land that he had sworn to their forefathers and they took possession of it and settled there. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to his people, to the house of Israel, failed. Everyone was fulfilled. That's a real encouragement to you and me at the start of us looking at this passage to know that the God who makes promises is the God who fulfills those promises and we need to trust him that that's exactly what he's going to do. For you and for me. It's also good news for ourselves as a church as well. Huge encouragement as well as a comfort. When as a church we know that God wanted us to move out of that place called Ackland Road in the centre of town, it's a comfort and encouragement to know that it was God who led us to this place called Pangbury. And also that we know that He has provided for us this incredible building that we're all sat in and enjoying. And now we're kind of thinking, okay, now what? We know that God has been involved in a part of the journey thus far. But what next? What are we to do now that we are here? As we come to this month where we're 12 months in, and as you've already heard, we're going to be celebrating that uh, on Saturday. And you're more than welcome to come and join in that and share your own encouragements of the last 12 months. Well, it's easy for us to come up with Good ideas that we should. I, I get bombarded most weeks with various good ideas, and there's nothing wrong with us having good ideas. But what we want is God ideas, because good ideas aren't necessarily God ideas for the here and now. We can't put every good idea into practice. One of the frustrations of those visionary people is they come up with 20 ideas every single week and, of course, get quite discouraged when all those 20 are not then acted upon. But we haven't got the resources for that, have we? We can't do everything. God, what is it you are saying to us? And what does this whole book that we're going back to this morning have to say to us in the here and now? What was that reading from Numbers 32 all about? I thought we were looking at the book of Joshua after all. Well, we're going to think a little bit about all the tribes and those long words that Tori read out a little bit later on this evening. Firstly, I want to say this. We mustn't forget the past. We mustn't forget the past. When God's people way back were coming in from the east, they confronted the kings, uh, kings Og and Sion, and they beat them in today what is uh, known as Syria and Jordan. As they were passing through, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the Manasseh tribe said, "Well, we like it here. Actually, we want to stay here." And just as uh, and and uh, and we just whip these people, so that we should maybe even live here. This country looks good to us. It meets our needs, so why don't we just stay here? And maybe others, maybe the other half of Manasseh and the rest of the tribes can then go across the Jordan. Revisit that from Numbers 32, also Deuteronomy chapter 7. Moses, thinking, well, I wasn't expecting that. What's his response? He said, okay, but you're not staying here and letting us do all the fighting in terms of what's ahead. We help you whip those two kings, so if you're going to stay here, For all time's sake, then firstly, you're going to help us on the other side of the Jordan and then you can maybe come back to what you're going to establish as your home. The deal was this. We help you and now you help us. That sense of partnership and communication. Joshua would have heard those words from years ago when he was the number two and maybe that leader in learning. And he's remembered those words. And then we get into Joshua chapter 1 and we looked at all the verses in chapter 1 last week apart from verses 12 to 16. And that was quite deliberate. It wasn't an accident. That's because we're going to look at those this morning. Because when uh, Joshua then speaks to the whole uh, stage of people, he focuses particularly on those groups that had made that request years and years before. And he says these words. And this is from maybe a different translation that, uh, than what you have, but that's quite deliberate. Joshua told the men of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and East Manasseh, the Lord's servant Moses said that the Lord our God has given you land here on the east side of the Jordan River, where you could live in peace. Your wives and children your animals can stay here in the land that Moses gave you. But all of you... That can serve in our army must first pick up your weapons and lead the men of the other tribes across the Jordan River. They are your relatives, so you must help them conquer the land that the Lord is giving them. The Lord will give peace to them as he has given peace to you. And then you can come back and settle here in the land that Moses promised you. The men answered, we'll cross the Jordan River and help our relatives. We'll fight anywhere you send us joshua addressed the issues ahead of time because it would have been quite easy for that people group that thought oh now we've got we've got our place where we want to be all nice and comfortable and put our feet up it would have been very easy for them to do that and then bottle out of what was going to be ahead so joshua is saying hang on before we go any further remember let's remember what god said in the past that's really important for ourselves as a church It's really important for you as an individual. What God has spoken into your life years ago, don't forget that. That is never erased. What God said to us a church in the past is never redundant. It is never irrelevant. Hold on to that which God has said. Chapter 1, verse 13. Remember, that's the key word. We need to remember what God has said to us in the past. What we took on board regarding that huge financial challenge way back then. We need to remember what God said to us as uh, a group of people that we call our, our members meeting. I can remember that, uh, uh, that uh, AGM or that special church members meeting when we had to make a vote at quite short notice about instead of us being in the town centre, we believe God is maybe calling us into Painbury. That was news. And I haven't got an hour to unpack the journey that led, to, uh, led us to that, that place. And we had a whole host of people in the church that didn't really like Painbury, But that said, I believe that God is calling us there. 100% of the people that were at that AGM, that meeting, said, I believe that is what God is calling us to do. We must never forget that. So when you get your gripes about where we are now, you're not griping with one another. You're griping with what God has called us to do and to be. And where he has directed us. We must not ever lose sight of that we mustn't equally lose sight of the reason why we believed that god was leading us here which was to reach people who don't yet know him who don't yet know him comfortable though this is for ourselves to rock up at on a sunday morning saturday morning sunday night whatever it is join the facilities for midweek groups during the week great what was the reason ultimately that god called us and led us here There's no christian church in Poundbury until he led us here as a people group I think there's a reason for that don't you we must never forget that reason but it's also alongside that obviously that we as God's people seek to share something of his love unconditionally with this community and beyond now whether or not you're around here because you've been involved in the past or you've come to us over those last 12 months or you're here today The same challenge is true. If God has actually called us as a people group here, we are looking for us to take stock and say, are you on board with what God said way back then and what he's saying now? Because he's not going to change his mind. That same purpose is equally true now. And what God is looking is for you and me to say, count me in. I am on board with what you said, God. And what I'm looking for is a demonstration of that as opposed to spectator sport. Not into that. And we'll see the relevance of that from the passage that we're going to be looking at this morning. Joshua specified exactly what needed to be done, including that difficult aspect of leaving their families uh, behind. The way ahead was going to be hard. The men, for a long period of time, were going to be crossing the Jordan, leaving wives and children behind. But they believed that that sacrifice was worthwhile. So before we think about the cost of time, the cost of finance, the cost of this, that and the other, if God has decreed something and led us in a particular way, he will equip us. It has to be worthwhile. Bottom line is what God has said, not what I feel or what you feel. That's important as well. The way ahead was going to be hard, but Joshua also uh, painted a beautiful picture of of the fruit of obedience what made joshua and this mission so successful compared to the disasters all the way through the judges was that god's people obeyed god's word it's not difficult really isn't it we sometimes sing a hymn on a sunday evening trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus than to trust and obey I think the kind of elements that are quite key there are that God's people seeks to trust and okay. brilliant a whole load of Bible college students in the making, and we see the reality of that in God's people here. They didn't just fall lazily into the promised land. They knew that it was meant to be the. Uh, they knew what it meant to be the people of God and got stuck in. To that which needed to be done in the here and now. What are our opportunities for that? Oh, we could do this, we could do that, we could do this, we could do that. Not without people resources. And the people resources are you. Are you. Don't send me another email this week that says, I've got a great idea. You know, what the church should really do is, and what people usually mean by that is, Roger, what you should do and set up and start is. I've been around too long to not see uh, uh, through that one. We can't do everything. Friends, we are unable to resource what we are doing now. Let's think about this morning, shall we? 95% of us will enjoy engaging with one another and having conversation over coffee. And that is all good. But we know there's probably going to be the 5%, 4%, 3%, oh, Roger and Nina aren't here, uh, 2%, 1%, that will sort of sort all the cups out, the washing up and all that kind of stuff. That cafe is used eight or nine times a week. We could do with probably four times as many volunteers. So when we say in theory at the start of what I was saying, yes, it's about what God has said. Yes, it's about not forgetting what he said. Yes, it's about holding on to what we're about. A prime shop window is that cafe to facilitate all the other stuff that's going on. And of course, everything we do involves a cup of coffee. A simple thing for us to do is to think I'm going to roll my my sleeves up and seek to get involved maybe once a week because I'm so far doing naught or maybe twice a week because I'm doing once. that's a simple opportunity, isn't it? Most of us can wash up. Not me, because I tend to drop the cuts. I don't care what I do, but actually put me anywhere in that area there. Uh, Those who know me well over the years tend to ask me to leave. Uh, So that's obviously based on experience. Uh, We're all called in different ways, and that's maybe uh, not not mine. But I I don't really care what I do. I want to get on board with what God has called us to be as his people. The invitation is, what is he saying to you? Oh, I can't do Sunday because. What about during the week? What about when we open at different times? And if you're unsure, I'll put Tim on the spot. He's got a bright top this morning. Kit, Tim, can you stand up for three seconds? This is Tim who oversees all those volunteers who's going to be bombarded over coffee. Round of applause for Tim, please. Right, brilliant. I didn't tell him to wear that bright top this morning. He chose to wear it. And it's perfect for being able to be spotted over coffee. Or what about children's ministry? We've got more children that are coming now since us moving to Painbury, but we have less volunteers. Oh, dear. We have no one who oversees our creche ministry. Oh, dear. But isn't it exciting? We've got to hold on to what we're about, what we're about. But that means a corporate response. We only have Leo and Andrea overseeing all the visuals, all the saying, all that kind of stuff. Look around at the numbers here. You're not telling me there's only two people that have got a gift or a skill set in the techie side. Is that something that maybe you could help facilitate? Or maybe it's just being a presence. Some of the things that go on here, we simply require somebody that's a part of the church to be a Christian presence. Think about that which um, Michelle shared about uh, this week and John and Leo were there. And it's great that we've got groups coming in, but it's wonderful to be able to begin to engage And sometimes just to know that there is someone from the church here. The opportunities that flow out of that are many. Maybe there's a place and a time that you could turn up for part of a Saturday where there's an event. Simply to be. You can bring your paper, bring a book, doesn't matter. You're a presence. In essence, when you're turning up doing that or for an evening or whenever it is, when there's need. You're saying, I want to be a part of what this church is about. Count me in. Count me in. And we're not looking for the 4% or the 3% to say, I'll do that. We're looking for the 100%. Thank you. Like the amen, wherever that came from. I thought we were in Africa all of a sudden. (laughs) That's a touch of the uh, the Zambia that Tory's going out to. Let's move on. So... We mustn't forget the past, because all this is stuff that God has said. What next? We must hold on to God's word. We looked at that a little bit uh, last week, so I won't unpack the obvious in that regard. Uh, But uh, Joshua was very keen. Uh, We read in in Joshua chapter 1 that they hold on to and don't drift to the right or to the left of what what God said. When Jesus was asked about that which mattered most, what did he say? Matthew 22, uh, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. That's the bottom line. If we read and support of that in terms of what flows out of that from 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Now Peter says there, So I will always remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Don't we need to be reminded of what we already know? Why? Because we forget or we get complacent. I know I do. So that which I'm saying to you, believe me, I've given myself a good click round the ear all this week and that hurt. But I have to tell you exactly the same. 100% ownership of remembering what it is that God is saying to us. That's exactly what Joshua did here. He told the tribes to remember God's word to them. They were to lead the procession that would enter the, uh, the promised land, the role of leaders back then and the role of leaders now is to remind the people, as I'm myself, of the truths of this book, the unchanging truths of this book, of God's purpose, even though... Uh, there may well be things that we've heard dozens and dozens of times before. The more we hear these truths, the more solidified they will be in our minds and hearts. The greatest encouragement for any leader, probably, is when God's people do what God's word says. And when someone says, count me in. Actually, somebody, I won't point them out because they're here this morning as, as a visitor. And they say, oh, we're down from... Wherever they are up north. And we're here. we love it when we're here. We love it when we're here. Wow, isn't that great? Trust that they'll also be equally as encouraged uh, this morning. May it be that people feel that for anything they experience in coming through these doors. And part of the reason people are going to feel that is because of you. New Testament says, uh, when, God, uh, when uh, Paul spoke to the church in Corinth, that you are Christ's ambassadors whether you're washing a cup or being a presence in the cafe or involved in kids' ministry or anything else that you're already doing, and many of you are doing a lot, you are one of Christ's ambassadors. Don't undervalue what you're already doing. Don't get too caught up that you've been doing X number of years and people don't notice you or validate what you do. There is one who sees. And we live for an audience of one, ultimately. Next, we need to honour the commitment that we have made uh, we're not really big on commitment these days, are we, as a, as a society? Uh, you know, couples prefer to live together before they marry. Uh, contracts for employees are not forever in a day, but only maybe for a year. And you can see that kind of culture dripping in uh, to the church a, as well. Uh, whereas in, instead of us coming in terms of what we are able to contribute, to give, there's that sense, uh, very often if we're not careful, of, well, I wonder what I, what I can get... Because I, I'm here for church to meet me and my needs. And if I don't get that here. Well I'll go to one of the other dozen or so churches across the town. Or maybe we see who's speaking on the following Sunday or whatever. Oh, no, I'll probably give that one a miss. I don't tend to get a lot from them. Really? But what is that person seeking to do? Unpack the word of God? No I don't get much out of that. Out of what? And we put maybe our preferential treatment Above what the Spirit of God might want to do or speak into your life. What about if we'd chosen to miss one particular occasion where God had an eternal word for you or for me. But I couldn't be fagged to turn up because I didn't go bundle on the preacher that day. And if you're listening to this online, I'm not going to take personal offence that you're not here. Okay, I'm going to choose to do that. (laughs) If you're a member of this church, you will have read or had explained or had a dialogue about our values of what it means to be a member of this church i got the privilege very often of going through those with those things with people that are seeking to come into the church or or exploring if this is where god is leading them and that's important uh, it needs to be that, that this is a people group that God, by his spirit, is leading you into? Is this the particular platoon that God is wanting you to serve in? And uh, it surprises very often a lot of other uh, members of the church when I normally talk to new people about, well, have you tried the... And I list some of the other churches that are not that far away from us, uh, not just geographically, but theologically. Why do I do that? I don't want somebody turning up here that's going to be better off elsewhere that God ultimately wants elsewhere. But if somebody's exploring what we're about, you can check all that stuff out uh, on, our, uh, on our website, by all means. But if you've been a member for some time, then maybe like me, you can do what I do quite often and go through those 10 values. And I kind of do that as a sense of a checklist for myself. I have to be honest, I very rarely get 10 out of 10. How rubbish is that? Why is that? Well, because they're values and because we're on a journey. But maybe you can do similar. Are you seeking to grow spiritually as an individual? Are you part of a small group which we value here? Are you seeking to share your faith? Are you giving financially and sacrificially when you do? Are you seeking to be an encourager as opposed to a discourager? Are you involved in serving? What is God saying to you for this coming year? All of that kind of stuff is what we're about. It's a good thing, though, for us who are established members of the church to ask ourselves, don't you think? I think so. The way the two and a half tribes didn't compromise uh, their their decision after a few battles, they said, look, we made a commitment. We made a commitment about what God had said. And we intend to now get stuck in and not give in no matter what before we revert back to what we know is going to be our future. But they're operating in the now. And they didn't duck out of commitment. We need to be like the psalmist who said, The Lord is my portion, I have promised to keep thy word. Psalm 119 verse 57. What about that promise we've made to the church? Or what about beyond that, the promise we've made to God? That sense of commitment that we made to him. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 4 and 5 says these words. When you make a promise to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to make a vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. The moment that you made a decision to become a part of this church, you bought into what we're about, which is predominantly to be standing on this book. But exactly in terms of how that gets fleshed out in 2019, explore what it means to be a part of this church. And when you've made that decision, stick to it. Stick to it. And by the way, if you're kind of like in a flying in, flying out or visiting and you haven't got any spiritual roots. Or maybe you're one of those people that likes to dot the I's and cross the T's and say, well, there's there's no such thing as membership in the Bible. I would debate that with you. What I would say is there are no spiritual nomads in the early church at all. Why might any of us seek to be that? That's creating a new theology. Every believer had spiritual roots and a spiritual home. That's why you had the church at Corinth, the church at Rome. People knew what it meant to be a part of that church. And when Paul issued a variety of phrases about, tell this to the church, how did they know who to tell? They knew they had a system, they had a structure, they had something in place as to what it meant to be that people group. Why haven't we got that recorded? I think thanks to the wisdom of God, because times change. Cultures are different, and we're to take God-given eternal principles and adopt that into the present for how this is real for us, which is why different churches have different principles, all based on the same roots. A couple of things before we close. We must seek to help our spiritual family uh, as well. Just uh, a thinking oh, i don't want to embarrass people but it's great seeing uh, someone at the back i've not seen i'm not going to mention their name but you know who you are because i'm looking at you and trying to avoid eye contact me around. who's not been around for ages someone else who's not been able to be here because of their work patterns great to see them someone else going through bereavement grateful that they're here no need for names but if you know different people have got a whole variety of needs and you heard marie pray about jill in hospital who's open to visitors desperately longing for fellowship well i don't know jill doesn't really matter doesn't really matter i know ivy was blessed when months ago she didn't even know sally but sally was probably number one visitor of ivy why did sally seek to do that something of that wanting to support brother or sister in christ and that's the heart that we should have so bless you sally for that therefore As we have opportunity, Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We prayed for Robin uh, earlier uh, this morning, uh, who had a fall when he fell out of bed this morning, couldn't get up, struggled, and he was desperate to be here today. How do you think Robin's going to feel, either if he gets no contact from the church within a week, Or if maybe three people today send them a text or phone them up. Do you need me to unpack the difference and the contrast between the two? What do you think God might be saying to you (coughs) or to me? So let's seek... To help our spiritual family. Where's that rooted here? Well, here the two and a half tribes are prepared to help for the long haul. That was going to be tough. They didn't just pay a visit across the Jordan and then for a couple of days or even a couple of weeks. We're talking about way beyond a couple of years where they separated from their families. Because it mattered to them what their brothers and sisters were going through. It wasn't going to be a big enough, a too big a sacrifice for them. they were involved i wonder how often we've been involved with certain individuals or ministries and have felt like giving up if you look at that verse in galatians look at the verse before it there's a beautiful encouragement to keep going to keep going some of you will feel like giving up right now in the area of involvement that you have and maybe for some it is right to hang your boots up in that area but for others maybe what you're needing to hear is the lord say to you Keep going, I can see you are making a difference, and you 're doing this for me, not for human plaudits. Keep going, keep going, you will bear fruit if you if you persevere and do not give up. Finally, we have to believe that the sacrifice will be worth it. We needed to believe that as a church we 've had a couple of gift days and uh, over the last ten years or so and and it was just a stupid kind of human decision in one sense to say, OK, I remember the first time that we did this a number of years ago. No idea when it was. But I said, OK, church, we're going to believe God for 100 grand. <clears throat> I, I got some quite, <laughs> quite um, honest emails about setting the church up to fall and to fail because our, our budget was nowhere near that. And we, we didn't have rich people in the church at all. But it was a figure that God put on my heart. I can't remember what we got for the first one. Something about 130 grand, something like that. Plus, would that be running about right? Yep, I'm getting nods from the back in a week. Well, the atmosphere when that figure was delivered at the church—can you imagine? It was pretty good. We held back from a second gift day because you you can't ask the same people to do exactly the same again. We had no option in terms of what it meant for us to, to come here. No other option. We explored all the other options. Oh, so, from my perspective, quite reluctantly, humanly, to deliver this again, we want you to... Uh, and we surpassed that. What was the second figure? Was it 150 grand? Yep, about that. Give or take a few grand, I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Where did that come of, come from? And I couldn't remember looking around and thinking, well, well maybe he's got a couple of quid, I just phenomenal just phenomenal I'm now trying desperately hard to not catch anybody's eye who thinks, who was that, who was that but it would have been very tempting for us to think before those moments is this really going to make a difference, what I'm going to give is it really I mean, you know, times are hard aren't they, things are tough we have to believe that the sacrifice is going to be worth it And forgetting money, we have to believe the sacrifice will be worth it in the time we choose to give to God's cause. It might seem so mundane to put chairs out, or to clear away, or to wash down uh, the the tops outside, or to set up coffee again. What's the big deal in that? But if we all thought that, we'd have no church. Or we'd be the only church in town that doesn't serve coffee. We know the value of a cup of coffee because that, attached to that comes conversation. And conversation means journey as to where people are at. And God wants to meet you and me and where we're at in that journey. And he wants to use you, every single one of you, to help facilitate his journey in others as well. Nothing better than a cup of coffee. Maybe a pastry or a piece of chocolate cake as well. Let's just for now just think about a cup of coffee. We've got to believe that the sacrifice will be worth it. Joshua outlines the cost. But underpinning this is his challenge, which ultimately is this. Guys, do you want this done God's way or are we going to have a problem here? And that's the huge challenge that we face that we need to answer God with. It was going to cost them in manpower and security. They're going to spend time doing battle rather than farming. It's going to be costly. It's going to be painful. How much time? They didn't know in reality it's probably 6 or 7 years 6 or 7 years it could well be that the pain and the toil for that lack of resources lack of finances lack of this that and the other is going to be what we need to own as a church for the next 6 or 7 years it's not going to be solved overnight unless by his grace there's some miracle do you believe that that sacrifice is going to be worthwhile The answer of God's people can only ever be yes, by the way. If you wanted a bit of a clue and a pointer. There's no opt-out clause. Because God has already spoken way back. So he ain't going to change his mind, is he? Because God doesn't ever change his mind. When he's spoken and when he's promised. He's continually looking for God's people on that journey. To then pitch in with where his people are at. Their response was this. Whatever it takes that's what we will do we will sign up we are willing to make that sacrifice because we want this done god's way and it's his way that matters most you may well feel you have already given a lot and i know that many of you have i have no idea by the way in terms of uh, pounds shillings and pence there's a phrase from the past no idea don't need to know not interested I know how much that many of you have given in terms of your time. I know the stuff that people don't see in terms of the hours that it takes you doing stuff behind the scenes. Very often even I'm shocked to hear how much goes on and what people do. And that burden that you're carrying is very often due to others not pulling their weight. And if I don't tell you that, who else is going to? But if you're one of those people who's given a lot, There will be your reward. But keep going. Your sacrifice is worth it. And the Lord bless you for everything you have already done and given. I wonder if there are areas of our lives where maybe for some of us we feel that God is calling us to make a sacrifice. Or to make a decision maybe in terms of commitment because we've not yet got to that point. And we're just unsure. Or we'd rather choose that which is comfortable and that we could be in control of. The journey of faith is always uncomfortable. It's a journey of faith. That's what it is. We don't know the bumps and bruises that's ahead. But the challenge, but alongside the encouragement, is that when God's people step out, so God opens up. God's people back then could look back to what he did 40 years before in terms of the crossing of the Red Sea. They were stuck. They had no way out. They had these armies on their backs behind them. They had mountains to either side and they had a sea in front of them. Thanks a lot, God, for leading us here. It took leader to step out and people to believe and to follow. And as soon as there was that stepping out, so the waves parted and the people journeyed on. Take that step, whatever that step might be for you, take it. Even if all you see in front of you is golfing waves and turbulence, or mountains, or armies on your back, take it if you know that God is leading you. Our response is to say, Yes, count me in, whatever it costs there may well be bits and pieces that go on and you think don't like that that's not my cup of tea of course that's going to be the case we don't have to like everything what we need to know is that god is on our case that this is where we're meant to be and therefore if we're going to be one body we can only be that with body all being engaged that's the picture of body if you need that obvious reminder then go back to one corinthians chapter is it eleven? No. One Corinthians twelve? Just read all of One Corinthians, you'll find it. I have a little bit of a blip. I think it's one Corinthians twelve, isn't it? That that picture of the body. I'm looking at it and absolutely nobody knows where it is. <laughs> it is. Round of applause for Jack here who's given me the thumbs up. <laughs> Brilliant. One people in our in our one person in our church knows where that picture is. You get the picture of the body. Hand, arm, toenail, leg, thigh, knee, but don't matter what it is. What is your part? In joining forces with this people group. It's called Dorchester Community Church. What is it that God is saying to you? And if you know what he's saying. That involves then the next step of faith. May that be that heart- heartfelt response. Is count me in. Count me in. Just one thing as I close. If you're here not as a Christian. think I have no idea what you're on about. What you will know. Is that there's going to be a purpose or a plan for your life. And it may well be right now that where you feel in terms of where you're going is, well, I can't see anything other than waves, other than mountainsides, other than people on me back. And I kind of get little bits of this God thing, but I just don't know if I could be big enough to make the sacrifice. I don't know if I've got it. I don't know if I make that decision whether or not I'd be able to keep it up. That's not down to you, that's down to God. Why? Because when you do make that decision, God promises, I am going to give you my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God pouring into your life. How is that going to not make a difference? The creator of the entire universe. It's the same response of faith. If you know that God is speaking. Saying get on board. You know there is a God. You know his word speaks. You know what this Jesus has done for you. Our response is still the step of faith. To say okay God count me in with all my doubts, with all my fears, with all my uncertainties, it may well be the toughest decision you'll ever make. But I promise you, it will be the best. Because the rewards are going to be out of this world. Let's pray. Father God, we do pray that you might encourage us as your people to keep going. If we've just been doing this week by week, month by month, and year by year, and we're tired... I think particularly of those people that, that account for the, the senior-aged people in this church who just seem to give and give and give, who are tired, got aches and pains. God, by your Spirit, would you revitalise, refresh and encourage again to go again. God, for others, who are here wondering what you're saying. And maybe there's been a word from you this morning to say, get on board time is short i want you to partner with me as to what i'm seeking to do in and through this people god would you give us a yes count me in for someone who as yet has not said yes to the person of jesus by your holy spirit we pray that you might draw somebody to that place where they would have the courage to do that which they believe to be true as we reflect on what you're saying to us Help us to respond with servant, humble, and obedient hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. If God has spoken to you, obey Him.
1: Can I just bring an encouragement? Because I feel yes, because that's allowed. <laughs> because I feel God has really spoken. It is a uh, great uh, to be here today. We're just visitors, friends with Martin Marie. But I feel the Lord would say, but for the joy set before you, for the joy set before you. Jesus endured the cross because of the joy set before him. Nobody enjoys the cross. Nobody enjoys the sacrifice. But when you see the vision of the joy set before you, so you've had a vision to come here because the Lord's spoken that he wants you to touch the people of this town. And Jesus, when he saw somebody saved, he goes and leaves the 99 sheep and gets to one, and what did he do? Rejoices. The joy set before you when one is saved is so fabulous, so amazing. We've just had a new saved person in our house group. It's so exciting. It's so exciting when you see people saved. For the joy set before you, For the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. So keep on the good work and endure the pain because the joy will come. Amen.
0: Amen.